Welcome to another Transformations Through Running podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in, being a part of our True Form Life community. I am recording this from New York City. (laughs) Super excited to be here with you. Super grateful that we have the opportunity to put these recordings together, regardless of where we're at. I know you guys are listening in many different parts of the world. Today I'm interviewing Annie Doobie. And I thought it would be a great opportunity for you, for me, to let her tell you what some of her most challenging memories was of her race. And I got to tell you, she's an aspiring professional Spartan runner. That's what she does. And she has run and raced in some of the most grueling temperatures and climates and terrains that most of us couldn't even imagine. So in this short intro, I'm going to let her take you with her to let you know exactly what it was like there i i mean i did the best i could i got back down the mountain and you know i tried to stay positive i was even like embracing all the like everything about it like i thought running in the snow was actually pretty fun um but then my body just couldn't couldn't keep up i eventually like everything started shutting down i was like blacking out I was tripping over my own feet, like falling over. I got to the top of the rope climb and then um, my legs seized up and I just like fell to the to the bottom. Um, and so eventually I got dragged off um, the course by medical and treated for hypothermia. Wow. Well, if that's not extreme, I'm not sure what is. I absolutely love this interview. I have some Spartan interest of my own. I actually run them a little bit. Definitely not at this professional level or at high levels that Annie competes at here. She's going to talk about how she hit the platform a couple times and she is moving up the ranks at an astounding level, which is what caught my eye and attention and initially invited her on the show. So this is definitely an interesting interview for me. I know it will be for you too, especially with an intro like that. Before we get into it, I just want to tell you about our new protein supplement I am so excited about. We produce our own line of supplements, and we believe in plant-based living, plant-based lifestyle. So our protein is called Complete Truth Protein, and we are bases quinoa and hemp seeds and we have a brand new flavor that we have just recently released at least at this time of this recording and it is chocolate there's so many ways that you can use it what's fantastic about it is it's all clean it's all natural we don't put any preservatives additives anything that shouldn't be going into our body does certainly does not go into our product our chocolate is cacao instead of cocoa this is a natural antioxidant It actually has some of the highest antioxidants that you can possibly find in a natural way. So we're super excited about it. It's versatile. You can add it to coffee. You can make a shake out of it. You can throw it in smoothies. We've even had people bake with it in our pre-launch group. So if you want more details, head over to trueformlife.com slash complete truth protein. Or you can shoot us a message on any social media platform. Let us us know you're interested in trying it. We can hook you up with a bag or a sample. This is a great way to fuel your workouts if you want to try it before a run. And it's a great way to replace nutrients if you want it after a workout as well. So this is a great way to naturally increase your energy. And it's also a great way to improve digestion as well. So if you're interested, let us know and we'll hook you up. 
All right, welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. We have another guest that you've already heard about. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you so much, Drew. Glad to be here. It's our pleasure. You have an interesting story. Something I love about these podcasts and interviews is that everyone has their own unique, different, interesting type of story for us. Why don't you take a step back and let us know who you are, what you do, and we'll get into the interview. Sure, yeah. So... Um, I am originally from Michigan. I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit um, and kind of always been an athletic person, a runner, Um, played a whole bunch of sports as a kid. Wasn't like all too great at any of them, but I loved, you know, just being outside and running and I was pretty fast. So um, eventually dropped most of the team sports and picked up um, cross country and track, continued that. Uh, throughout high school, a little bit in college as well. Um, and then, you know, like most of us, I ended up kind of putting my running on the back burner and, uh, took a corporate job, um, which, uh, eventually led me out West. I ended up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and once I moved out there, I think I, you know, had this like light bulb of, you know, I, being out West, being in the desert, um, surrounded by mountains, I was like intrigued by all the nature around me and I wanted to be outside more I wanted to start running again. So I started trail running, actually joined a few clubs out there and met some people, um, which then eventually led me into other outdoor sports like rock climbing, um, backpacking, canyoneering, uh, a bunch of different things, pretty much anything to get me out of the office and on an adventure of some sort. So I say, I'd say that's actually where this all began. Um, and eventually a few years of being in Arizona, my company that I was working for, uh, was sold off and I was offered this like great severance package. And, um, I kind of had a decision to make at that point. I could either, uh, you know, jump right back into the nine to five world, look for a new job and um, continue with my career in that world. Um, Or I could do something I had always dreamt of and take the money and go travel for a while. So that's what I decided to do. I ended up going down to South America, um, where I spent almost a year traveling, backpacking, doing some climbing, um, and it was it was the experience of a lifetime, to say the least. And uh, when I got back, um, I was a little bit lost. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do next. Um, before before heading down there, I'd actually qualified for the Boston Marathon. And so when I got back, um, I decided, okay, I'll just focus on training for that. See um, see where things go. And so I did that, and in the midst of that, I uh, I had a couple of friends from college reach out to me saying they they were going to be in in Phoenix in town for a Spartan race, and asked me uh, if I wanted to join them. And I said, oh, you know, I've heard of them; they sound like fun. Sure, why not? What the heck? And so we all ran the race, um, just like very casually, um, and I had such a fun time. I loved it like everything about it it felt it made me feel like a kid again um it actually like brought me back to my 
cross country days in a way. And, um, and I, I realized after finishing that race that it was something that I definitely wanted to do more of. So, um, fast forward a little bit, ended up running the marathon and ended up signing up for a few more Spartan races. And it's ultimately led me to where I am today, where I have now like dedicated the majority of my life to training and trying to become, you know, a top contender in the sport. And it's super exciting. I'm still pretty new to it. I've been doing it just over a year, but uh, like very excited to see, to see how far I can go and where it could take me. So you moved out when you moved from Arizona to South Bay. What, why did you come out here? So I moved out to California for my boyfriend. He, uh, he got a new job out in Torrance. So decided to take the leap and, um, I don't know, I'm a pretty spontaneous person. So the idea of moving and trying something new is kind of exciting to me. And I didn't have like anything, uh, holding me down at that point. So I figured I would try it. Never lived on the ocean before. So, um, yeah, we've been, we've been here just, uh, few months i think we moved in march so um yeah wow so you haven't been here very long at all no not very long at all and are you are you enjoying the lifestyle i am yeah it's um it's very different than phoenix um in a lot of ways being in la is crazy uh even though like i love having this small-ish community here in the South Bay, which is awesome. It's it's still definitely an adjustment for me being, being in such a huge city where, you know, if I want to go spend a day out in the trails, I have to, like, plan my whole day around, like, trying to navigate L.A. traffic. It's, <laughs> it's quite the conundrum. <laughs> but... But yeah, I love it. I love the um, running community here, especially. And being so close to the ocean is just awesome. We have great weather pretty much every single day. It's like I can go out for a run any time of day and not really have to worry about um, like it being too hot or too cold or whatever. So it's awesome. And are you working out here as well? Not yet. No, I uh, I am still full on training um, and I don't know. I might, I might eventually like find a real job here, but as of right now, I'm, I'm really focused on this and I'm, yeah, hopefully becoming like a full-time athlete. So. And what, what does training look like for you? Um, training is, it's super complex. It's, uh, something that I'm still trying to navigate. I'm, I'm coaching myself right now, uh, which is interesting being so new in this sport and trying to figure out like, there's a, there's definitely like a balancing act of, you know, how much should I, how much of a week should I spend running versus strength training and, um, doing obstacle proficiency stuff. So it's, uh, it's different every week, I would say, um, Something that I've learned with Spartan racing specifically is that um, you typically see the people who are on top of the podium tend to be the strongest runners, um, people who came from a running background and have really um, dominated in that area. But at the same time, I've found myself and others, um, it's easy to, to lose a race um, if you're not proficient in an obstacle. So 
we've gotten to the point in this sport where it's so competitive that, um, especially in the, in the big races at the top level, if you don't run a clean, a clean race, meaning if you, um, miss any obstacle or slip up in any way, you probably won't be a contender on the podium. So you have to be at the very top of your running game, but at the same time, you have to be very proficient at the obstacles. So there's definitely like a balancing act of um, how much time should I be spending on each different thing. And what I found works the best for me is uh, looking at like race by race. So what, you know, what did I feel confident in in my last race? What did I feel a little bit shaky on? And and how can I incorporate that in the coming weeks and months? And then um, also just looking at what's ahead. So with with this sport, um, it's not like every race is even remotely the same. There's various distances. There's various terrains. Sometimes we're running in the mountains. Sometimes we're running in the desert. Like you have to be super adaptable to the elements and um, what you're faced with. So you have to constantly be tweaking your training to um, conform to those those different things. What's one of your most challenging obstacles? Um, for me, I'd say it might not be the most challenging, but the thing that trips me up the most is the spear throw. Um, it's basically in, in every single Spartan race, there will be this this obstacle, the spear throw, where you're given a target and a spear. <laughs> um, and within like 20 to 25 feet, you have to throw the spear at the target. And if you miss, you have to do 30 bur- burpee penalties. Um, and for me, um, in the middle of a race, being pretty exhausted doing 30 burpees can take anywhere from two to two and a half minutes so it's like a pretty devastating thing to happen mid-race to miss a spear and then watch people like pass you um one by one (laughs) as you're sitting there doing burpees um so yeah my my spear throw rate is super low right now it's like probably around 50 percent and I need to like get that up super like fast if I want to be a real contender in this sport for sure. <laughs> so you know when the spear throw is coming up, there's about a fifty percent chance you're gonna have to do thirty burpees. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, and it's like all I can think of in like the mile leading up to it. I'm like, I try to like do these, you know, imagining the spear hitting the target. Like I've tried everything and it's just not working for me. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's something I have to pretty much work on every single day if I want to be consistent. Do you know who Faye Stenning is? I do know her, yes. So she, I interviewed her on my other uh, radio show and pod- podcast called Exploring Mind and Body. And she was talking about how I asked her how you train for something like that. And she says, they, they just have to do whatever you can. So she, I think her dad actually helped her set up like a spear and a hay bale or something in their backyard (laughs) yeah i think all of us have some version of that i've got like a archery target um that i just like bring with me to the park and throw a spear at um yeah it it seems to be like most of the female elites really do struggle with that i'm definitely not the only one um so it's something where like in a lot of races 
it really just comes down to who makes their spear and who doesn't. Um, it's that close. So it's, it's pretty crazy actually. <laughs> Do you have a favorite one? Like for me, I'm like, I kind of look forward to the, I've done a handful of like fun run Spartans, but I kind of okay. look forward to the mount, the monkey bar one. And then I'm yeah. like kind of scared of the rope one only cause I put like ton of pressure on myself that I have to get to the top but then sometimes uh-huh. it's like wet and muddy and slippery so anyways <laughs> do you have one that you look forward to yeah I would I think I would agree with that I love the um the obstacles where you're kind of like jumping on some sort of whether it be monkey bars or a multi-rig or there's one called beater now um, which is like a rotating monkey bar. I love those ones that you kind of feel like a ninja, like flying through the air. Um, those, those I think are the most fun for sure. How about the rope climb? What do you, how do you feel about that one? The rope climb is, I would say I'm pretty good at the rope climb, but it's one of those obstacles where depending on where it's placed in, in the race, it can either be, um, like it can be great or it can be horrible. For example, like I remember at Big Bear this year, which is probably the one of the toughest races in our series, um, super tough mountain run. They placed the rope climb right at the end after you had gone up and down this mountain like five or six times. And as soon as I jumped on the rope, like both my uh, calves seized up and like I could barely climb the rope. So, yeah, it's one of those things where it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like such a big deal until it is. Right. They know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I see that at the end, too, I'm like, oh, and if it's, like, wet and muddy, I'm like, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, how often are you running, let's say? Let's start there. How often do you do training runs? Um, I run most days a week, probably, I'd say, at least five to six times. Um, Yeah, I kinda de- it kind of depends with what's coming up, but I would say minimum five days a week for me. And roughly how, I'd imagine it varies, but roughly how long are you running for or how far? Oh, that, that varies a lot day to day. Um, but I would say like on a weekly basis, I'm typically running, uh, 45 to 60 miles a week would be like my average. Um, okay. And then you mix in resistance training. Yep, resistance training, strength training, what a lot it? of climbing. Um, okay, what does the resistance training look like, or strength training, however you want to say it? What does that look like? How often? Yeah, um, probably two to three times a week. I, I, I try to switch it up a lot, though. Like, I I actually right now don't go to a gym all that often. I, I have, like, a bunch of equipment, and I'll just, like, throw it all in my car, go to the park, and do like circuits of um like I'll I'll bring a heavy bucket and I'll run up and down a hill I'll do um burpees and box jumps and pull-ups things like that um and then some days I also at least once probably a week I'll do more like strength um in terms of like weights um just to like build that foundation and more for injury prevention as well Okay, so you do, and then is there anything else that you do for training specifically? Oh, you said climbing. Uh, what did you do? For, yeah, you do for yeah, climbing? I'm a climber as well, which for me is like my fun days when I get to climb. But the great thing about obstacle racing is that 
you can pretty much consider everything training, which I love. Um, so even like a day of climbing out in the mountains is for me, that's training, um, or like a night in the gym as well. So yeah, I try to, I try to hit the rock gym like two times a week and then, and anytime I can, I'll get outside, but it's like not as much as I'd like ever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's interesting. Now, do you do, look at recovery at all? Is there anything you do specific, specifically for recovery? Nah, recovery's for wussies. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, um, I actually like never really focused on recovery at all. I don't think I even knew like what foam rolling was until like a few months ago. But uh, <laughs> I've I've definitely battled a few injuries the past couple of years that has made it. Um, it's made it impossible to ignore the fact that like I need to be focusing on this and, and I'm at a point where I actually like prioritize recovery to the point where like I'll skip a workout if I, if I feel like it's, it's going to do more harm than good. Um, and I also definitely like sleep is a big thing now for me where I never really used to sleep more than six hours a night. Now I try to sleep like eight hours on average. Um, and I find that it's done wonders for me. Like I just, I definitely feel better when I go into a workout and then I recover a lot better. Um, I also do physical therapy pretty regularly. I have like some nagging injuries that I want to keep at bay and, uh, keep my mobility up. Um, and then every day I'll do some combination of, either rolling or stretching or yoga, um, something of, you know, of that sort. Okay. That's awesome. And I I wanted to ask you while you're, while you're talking there, I pictured you working out at that sand dune park. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it. No. Oh, it's not. I think it's in Manhattan beach. We'll have to ask some people from the South Bay runners club. Oh, okay. But it's awesome. And if you want to go to do a workout, I'll go with you. Sure. But it's like, up it's like all sand and it's straight up a hill so yeah it's it's cool it's super cool you can do you can try to do sprints up it you can run down it you can climb it and there's always different types of athletes doing footwork and yeah it's awesome you have to look into it because i think you'd love it yeah that sounds awesome i i'm surprised i haven't heard of it yet (laughs) yeah for sure okay so and then the other thing I want to ask you was, I read this really interesting article. I know I should know her name. Her, I think her last name's Boone. She was one of the... Uh, yeah, Amelia Boone. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. And does, so does she still compete? Um, she's not really doing any obstacle racing anymore. I think she's uh, more focused on ultra running. And, and also Spartan introduced a trail series this year that I know she's participated in. Um, which okay. is just, it's just running. There's no obstacles. Yeah. yeah. She wrote a really, she read a really, or sorry, wrote a really cool article that I read one time. It was just about competing and she was dealing with some injuries and then trying to run for fun. And it was like myself as a, a professional athlete, it was very, um, I suppose it hit home because when I was traveling, I had and played at a high level. It was really hard for me to enjoy. I was so focused on being the best and achieving as much as I could. Do you feel like is that is that do you sorry do you struggle to have fun and enjoy what you're doing or 
is that is that whole competition thing and doing the best you can not so i suppose imp- uh, apparent for you um i definitely struggle with that like i can see where she's coming from because as you get more involved in this world it becomes um especially for someone like me like i'm i'm very naturally competitive and i want to always be improving so i'm constantly like pushing myself harder and harder and you get to this point where you start questioning like why am i doing this like it's not fun anymore but i you know you go through those like troughs i'd say and then you come out of it and you like take a few days off and then you start missing it again so for me it's kind of just realizing there's like a point where there's like a line that you don't really want to cross um to the point where it becomes not fun anymore like why 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 would you do it if it's if you're not enjoying it anymore but um yeah I'd say I definitely struggle with that and I'd say most athletes do in their respective fields Mm -hmm. yeah I'd agree I think it's something that athletes continually struggle with but I think if you can find what you enjoy about the competition then you can find your happiness or joy in it exactly yeah um I wanted to ask you about so we went through your training schedule and then recovery is interesting as well do you do anything nutrition wise do you pay attention to what you eat or is that not a concern for you um yeah I'd say my approach to nutrition is pretty pretty simple it's not anything complicated um I eat what I want when I want um I like really love food I eat a ton I like on a typical day I'll eat like sometimes I'll eat breakfast twice and then I'll eat like all throughout the day like anytime I'm not training I feel like I'm eating um and I love dessert like I'm I have a big sweet tooth so I try not to like restrict myself that much um I feel like I'm I'm constantly fueling my body so I just give it what it wants but I do try to like keep it pretty healthy overall I cook most of my meals at home try to be like using mostly whole ingredients and um not like any processed or packaged foods that much um so yeah I mean I'd say it's it's pretty balanced but it's always something like I'm interested in reading up on like uh, all the new like diets and stuff it's uh, I find it all really interesting I just think it's hard to stick to those (laughs) is there anyone that you aspire to in the sport um like a a specific person is that what you mean yeah is there anyone that you kind of um I don't know maybe look up to or maybe you follow their training program or maybe you're trying to catch them (laughs) yeah I mean there's there's two females right now their names are Lindsay and Nicole who are like very top in the sport um they're pretty much unbeatable at this point um which I find like fascinating because in the men's field, like there are a few men who have been at the top for quite a few years now, but it seems to be like people are always inching their way closer to those guys. Um, but with the women, um, it always kind of kind of seems like everyone's fighting for the third place, not the first or second. So, yeah, I'm like constantly interested in in following those girls and seeing like what are they doing differently to to keep staying at the top of their game for so many years. Um, I find it like really fascinating and 
it's uh yeah it's super interesting so for you i know why don't you share some accomplishments with us because i know you hit the podium here a couple times recently um yeah so i so i've started i started racing in the what's called the elite category um so with spartan there's like an open heat uh which is just like the general population running for fun kind of thing. And there's the competitive age group where you're competing for podium spots, but there's no, um, there's no like prize money or anything. You're just competing against the people in your age division. And then, and then there's the elite category where, um, you are racing for prize money. You now have to qualify to race elite. Um, and, there's like a lot stricter rules when it comes to uh like penalties in a race if you um do an obstacle wrong or if you miss a burpee or things of that nature um so I started racing elite this year and um over the course of the year I started like doing better and better and um now I've I've hit the podium five times um which is exciting and I placed um, top 10 at the North America Championships this year in West Virginia, uh, which was exciting. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely like constantly improving. And I still feel like I uh, have like so much room to grow. I I just made my first like overall win um, at the SoCal Sprint a few weeks ago in, um, in Tejon Ranch. Um, and that was like a big win for me. Just like, you know, it, it was like a big confidence boost to see like, okay, I can do it. Um, and even like against some pretty tough competition. So I'm excited to like keep working, keep, um, keep working on the things like spear throw, for example, that keep tripping me up and see like once I, you know, hone in all that stuff. Like how far can I go next year? What are the distances that you're running? Is it always the same for elite or does it vary? No, it varies. Um, there are, there's four different distances actually. There's a, everything from a sprint, which is the short course, um, 5k distance all the way to like an ultra beast, which is a 50k. Um, I primarily compete in the, three shorter distances so the sprint the super which is a 10k and then the um beast which is a half marathon distance and um so those even within those it varies a lot and that's why the training is kind of complicated because sometimes you'll be training like I'll race a beast and a sprint in the same weekend um so you have to like be working on your endurance as well as your speed all at once um, if you want to be competitive in both of those courses. Um, Why would you do both? Is that just how the, how it works in the sport or? Yeah. So typically like if I'm traveling for a race, um, like if I'm spending the money to, to get out there, wherever the venue is, um, if they are offering like both distances, like one on Saturday and one on Sunday, I'll try to do both if I'm feeling up for it because why not? I'm already there. <laughs> um, but I'll typically have like an A race of the weekend. So I'll usually focus on like the longer distance as my A race and then I'll race the sprint more for fun. Um, 
So, yeah. What is your next race that you have in mind? Uh, the next race I'm focused on is the, um, there's actually like a Spartan trail championships coming up in central California, um, in mid December. So I'm running, I'll be running the 21 K distance and that from what I hear that it's, it's the first year they're doing it, but I feel like it's going to draw a pretty competitive crowd from people like all around the country. So that should be pretty exciting. Um, and that's, that's kind of the end for the year. I mean, we are not too far from the start, which is scary, the start of the 2020 season in February. So I'll uh, run that race and then have a little bit of an off season before I start building up again. Do you know a lot of the runners that are going to be at races? Do you like, or do you, no one knows? And then you show up and you're like, ah, oh, Lindsay and Nicole are here. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I mean, they, those top people really only show up for the big events. Um, so, like, we have the U.S. National Series, which is five races from the start in February and go all the way to September. Um, so you know that everyone's going to be at all of those because that's where um, you accumulate points for the series. And at the end of the series, um, there's like a ranking with like a lot of prize money associated with it. So, um, so you know people are going to be at those ones, but then the more local races, you kind of never know who's going to show up. Um, there's like a decent amount of us in, in California so at any of the California races, <laughs> there could be like a number of top elites, um, which is pretty cool because we have a lot to choose from here and we can use them. Like I tend to use the local races as, as training for the bigger races. So are you becoming more known because of your podium appearances or are you still kind of like, I know you only started this year, so are you still kind of yeah. like no one really knows who you are? I still feel like no one knows who I who I am. Um, it was like this past weekend in Sacramento. I feel like it was the first race where they actually knew my name at the um, at the award ceremony. Like I didn't have to tell them in advance. Um, so maybe I'm making uh, some strides there. But I still kind of feel like I fly a little bit under the radar, which I actually don't mind. Um, I feel like being in the spotlight is a lot of pressure and I'm not sure if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? When I played, I bounced around quite a bit in different leagues and I had the opportunity to play in different countries. And I always enjoyed when no one knew who I was because then they can't really expect right. anything from you. And then they can exactly. be... Right. So then you can just like shock people or surprise them. like, And everyone's like, who's that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can you, is there, yeah. is there one race or one run in particular that you can take us to that was mentally challenging, physically challenging, anything that stands out to you that we can describe to our audience? Yeah, so um, I would definitely say that would be uh, the world, the Spartan World Championships this, this year. I uh, um, had a pretty devastating ending to that, unfortunately, but it was one of those races that really makes you question what you're doing and like why you're doing it because we uh, we were presented with quite like inclement weather. It was um, 
it was the race was in Lake Tahoe um, up in the mountains and it had snowed quite a bit the night before and the race was um, it was actually postponed like a few hours because a lot of the obstacles had frozen over and the um, the pools of water that will typically be below certain obstacles um, that you drop into were <laughs> all frozen. Oh <laughs> yeah, gosh. it was it was insane. <laughs> so when the race finally was like started, we all line up. Um, another thing about that's unique to Tahoe is there is a um, there's a swim involved, and it's in an alpine lake on top of the mountain and. So for like the few days before the race, there were all these like communications back and forth going about, you know, here's, here's what the conditions will, will need to be if we cancel the swim. Um, and so we could all like be prepared for what was to come. And of course, what ended up happening was the conditions were like well below. Um, it's like a, it's a calculation between the air temperature and the water temperature. And if it's, if it's below a certain level, they cancel it. Um, and so based on what it was, they should have canceled it. But, and I think a lot of us showed up that day, like hoping that that would be the case. Um, and when we showed up, they said, you know what, we're keeping, we're keeping the swim open. So it was like, <laughs> I mean, we do this race, like we show up to this race knowing, knowing that there's going to be a certain level of suffering involved. It's, you know, it's world championships. It's, it's the, like, it's the big game. So we, you know, you kind of know that it's going to hurt really bad and that it's going to take a lot to get through it. But, but when, you know, you're in the Alpine Lake and you get out and it's, it's 20 degrees Fahrenheit with like a 15 mile per hour wind chill. Oh my it's like, I mean, that's a whole nother level for me. Um, there, I, I mean, I did the best I could. I got back down the mountain and, you know, I tried to stay positive. I was even like embracing all the, like everything about it. Like I thought running in the snow was actually pretty fun. Um, but then my body just couldn't, couldn't keep up. I eventually like, everything started shutting down. I was like blacking out. I was tripping over my own feet, like falling over. I got to the top of the rope climb and then, um, my legs seized up and I just like fell to the, to the bottom. Um, and so eventually I got dragged off, um, the course by medical and treated for hypothermia. Um, so that was, it was, it was like (laughs) the lowest of lows for me for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's crazy and so you know i think for most individuals (laughs) they would be like i'm not really interested in doing that anymore (laughs) yeah it definitely questions your sanity like (laughs) i don't know Uh, so then what is what is it like after that how do you recover mentally from something like that knowing that there's a good number of people that got through that race Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think like the dust is just starting to settle on that. Like there were for days afterwards, like I wasn't sleeping. I was like, 
like replaying it in my head and like having nightmares about it. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where like, like I worked so hard. I spent all summer training for that, for that one race and like so many days and hours, like spent out in the mountains trying to get my body acclimated to running at high altitude. Um, like I even went and spent like a week beforehand in Tahoe, just like getting my body ready And then for that to happen and for it to all just like be taken away from you in an instant was, was pretty devastating. Um, and it still is like, it still hurts, but, but I don't know. I think it's, it happened to a lot of people and, um, like I, I definitely wasn't the only one to not finish that race. I would say probably half the females didn't finish. Um, but like you, you use it, you, you learn from it. I, I learned so much that day about like my gear choices and that I need to like better, like I need to do better at fueling when I'm cold and so many different things that I'll have to work on, um, for the next time. Like a part of, a part of obstacle racing is like dealing with the elements. And so, um, whether we're running in you know, sub freezing temperatures and swimming in freezing cold lakes, or we're running in a hundred degree desert, like temperatures, you have to be like prepared for it all, which is kind of cool. Um, and so I think I'm just using it as like fuel for the upcoming season and, um, I'm going to push myself that much harder to like be ready for that. Yeah. I think any type of I mean, most things can be considered a success or failure depending on how you look at them. But I think that those those times that we struggle, we learn so much more than when we succeed. Like if you win your races, you don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. You. I don't think you learn when yeah. you win. You learn That's when so you true. Fail. Yeah, I definitely like those. Those moments will stick with me probably for years to come. Um, just like everything that happened that day of, of what I remember, at least <laughs> <laughs> pre blackout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you, I listened to an interview with, uh, Joe DeSena and uh-huh. he has got to be one of the most intense people's people I've ever heard speak. Do yeah. you, um, follow his work or appreciate that he put these races together? Is that on your mind or, or interesting to you at all? Or, is that different than going out and running these races? Um, yeah, it's definitely really interesting to me. He's, you know, he's, I don't know, someone who really believes in this, like life should be, we should be struggling. We should be suffering, like pushing our bodies to the limits. And, um, I think, I think there's something interesting in that, in that thought. And, how in modern society we live such cushy like comfortable lives and it's it's important for us to like get out of our comfort zone push ourselves to our limits like or even see like what our limits are I don't think a lot of people even have have any clue what they are so I uh I definitely I definitely find it interesting I think he's a crazy person but uh I like (laughs) I like seeing what he's up to every once in a while um yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. Have you read his book? I have not read his book, but I've heard a bunch of his interviews and um yeah. 
Yeah, I haven't either. I've been meaning to pick it up like a hundred times, and I don't know why I haven't yet, but I'm definitely interested. I've seen some of his interviews and heard about what he's done too, and I'm like, he's just a unique individual. I guess you'd have to be to design something like the Spartan races. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, Andy, we're going to wrap things up here. Is there anything that we missed or anything that you want to add to wrap the show up here? Uh, no, Drew, I think we covered it, but, um, just want to say thank you so much for having me on and, um, for getting to share a little bit about what I do every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. I'm, I've, I like Spartan runs and races. I do a handful myself each year, so it's definitely interesting to me. So I appreciate you taking some time to be here with us and share, share your story with us. All right. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. All past shows can be listened to on trueformlife.com. That's our main website, and that's where we have everything going on. If you would like to check out our Complete Truth Protein, our chocolate flavor, we're super excited to get that out there and see what people think. You can throw it in coffee, you can throw it in smoothies, you can use it as a shaker. It's a great way to naturally improve your energy and also improve digestion as well. So tons of health benefits. It's a great way to fuel your workout if you need some extra nutrients before to give you energy or it's a great way to replace lost nutrients, especially for long runs. More details are at trueformlife.com. We would love to connect on social media. We do fun contests sometimes. We actually are giving away a pair of running shoes. We're super excited about that. We have other contests. We have other details coming up about what we do through Facebook groups or Instagram stories, whatever it is. We'd love to connect. Shoot us a message. Let us know where you're listening to the show or how we can improve the show or maybe even some guests you'd love to hear on facebook.com slash trueformlife is where we are on that platform and on instagram it's instagram.com slash drew once again thank you so much for being here and we hope to catch you on the next show